I've just sold a painting. I am an artist. Like I just am one. What if I'm not an artist? Like what am I? Meet Dave O'Howarth. Dave O is an artist who's been commissioned by everyone from Justin Bieber to Marcus Rashford to Floyd Mayweather. He's well known for his distinctive celebrity portraits alongside pictures of his other great obsession, trainers. In Davo's own words, art is everywhere and he's been drawing and painting ever since he was a small child growing up in Boothstown. We met in heaven in hotel football, which if you don't know is the football pitch with a retractable roof on the top of that building. You get amazing panoramic views of the city and of United there, but you get wind whistling through the roof and rain on the windows, which you might be able to hear in parts of this interview. So how do you go from dropping out of college to getting a commission from Floyd Mayweather? At what point can you consider yourself an artist? And what's kept Davo in Manchester when he's had so many people trying to persuade him to move down south? Davo, thank you for joining me on We Built This City. No problem. So we're sitting here opposite the Theatre of Dreams. Yeah, we are. Because you've got a special place in your heart for this place behind us, haven't you? absolutely, yeah. Been coming here since I was like can remember really so yeah i love it right so we'll stick with it then yes um so you're a born and bred man yeah born in salford brought up in booth town and went to school in walton that's right yeah and i saw a post on twitter where you shared a direct message from a dad with a lad at your old school yeah yeah who had said yeah then he said that his son had been learning about you that day in art class oh my god and you said that was a really like moving moment for you so just and you also said that you've worked so hard in school to make something of yourself so tell me what it was that you wanted to make of yourself and how that felt to you when you saw the message um well firstly i think the message sort of was so special to me because when i went to school we didn't have that sort of person certainly like locally where they were you know completely accessible and you could see them you know out and about you know i'm always in boost town and you know shifting prints around and doing billboards whatever so you can see me doing it and i'm like you know probably quite relatable for a young boy or girl at school um so i just thought wow like am i that person sort of who's been spoke about in the classroom and it and you know it blew me away to be honest i remember i was actually being i was quite emotional really for, for a bit and uh it was good. It was really nice, yeah. And um, I also read that you, when you were in college, you were sometimes put in a class by yourself. Yeah. So, so what was all that about? Well, what they did was, so it wasn't just me because I was like, horrible. It was, they, um, we had to make a decision, as you do at college, whether you want to go to uni or not. And out of the, I think, 20, maybe 20, 22 students, there was four of us who were like, we're not going on to uni. Um we'd all decided we wanted to go and actually do the art. So we were made to then go and work in this separate classroom. And it's only when you reflect back that you're like, what was that about? Like, why were we so, why weren't we allowed to be with everyone? And then, so in an hour um, lesson, it, the teacher would come in for like five or 10 minutes and just be checking on us. And it was like, why are we being separated here? And it, that, was the, that was the start of me beginning to drop out of, college because i thought there's no point in me coming here so yeah it weren't because i was like just a grim grim guy <laughs> i just didn't want to go to uni so i had to be in a different room bizarre i mean it's, still don't get it people still say now that they, they you know if you are artistic there's yeah. there's still not that real that space in schools for young people i don't think so it was certainly at the time when i was yeah. in like the education system it was really seen as to be honest, there was people doing like the maths homework in art and, you know, things like that. It was that kind of lesson similar to like anything creative, really, like sort of PE was the same, drama, um, like graphic design, all those kind of things. Woodwork were either a smaller group of people who were like actually interested in it and the rest were just messing about, like texting or doing other like homework for other subjects. So it was always not quite took seriously yeah. I'm gonna say yeah and then I think when you were small your mates were on PlayStation and you found yeah, yourself at the yeah. kitchen table yeah, drawing yeah. so always like they were you know doing the PlayStation and sort of like and that was massive you know growing up sort of late 90s um it was when the PlayStation was like it'd come out and it was like this huge thing that everyone did 
I just weren't interested at all. I wanted to sit with my mum. I was a proper loser, like. Well, it paid off kind of in the end, but I just wanted to sit and draw. Like, we had a game where my mum would start to draw something, then, you know, like a picture, and then I had to guess. Then I'd do the same, and I was, like, good at it. And, it, you know, the thing is, because I was good at it, it made me want to do it, because my mum would be like, you're really good at that, and it, that really spurs someone on to to just want to do more of more of what they're good at, I think. So it was, it was kind of one of them. Um, so, she, yeah. so she really encouraged you then yeah, at that she was. My mum was, like, really creative, um, so she was always, like, um, and still still to this day, she has, like, a craft room where she lives and um, just, yeah, like, creating things from scratch. So, you know, old um, scraps of whatever material, just love turning it into cards and things like that. And that's now what I'm, like, see sort of see your art in everything really it's like yeah genuinely yeah and um when we spoke before you said that one of your favorite places as a young person was staples so i've got this uh, yeah. <laughs> image of you being like a kid in a sweet uh, shop surrounded by all those well it was just anything like like paper clips and little <laughs> little beads and just anything i just thought oh like that mum come and look at this like they've got a new i don't know bit of fabric in and it was like at the time, it was just, I seemed dead weird, but there's nothing wrong in it. I just loved it. I really enjoyed it. Like, anything that you, where you could create something, I loved it. I was on board. And for a young boy at that time, though, I presume it wasn't, like you say, they were all playing PlayStation. So that must yeah. have taken quite a bit of kind of self-awareness and, and, yeah. and confidence to pursue that rather yeah. than being pulled into that. Yeah, it was. I mean, I'd go in school, say it was like a Monday morning, I would go in school and be like, the lads would be like, "Oh, who's, who's played the new FIFA?" And I'd be like, "Yeah, yeah, it's like mint." And thinking, "Oh my god, like, I've not, I don't, I've not even got a PlayStation. <laughs> I didn't have one. I got one in the end, but I just didn't. Through certainly primary, I just didn't have one. So I was like, "Yeah, yeah, that's top, top game, that top game." You know, thinking, "Oh my god, spent, spent all weekend drawing like farmyard animals <laughs> with my mum." <laughs> what age was that? <laughs> like, since I can remember, since I can remember, maybe ten. And you, but you were drawing different things by the time you were 17 and that was yeah. <laughs> and then, I was, and then I was selling them so I was like then I was so you said so what was the first piece of art that you sold and you realised it was a, could be a commercial opportunity for you it was so when I was it got to an age around 15 where so I was I wanted like my bedroom to be done up you know like most kids do you're not bothered when you're younger but then you like want your room doing yeah and that, at the time I was up I was obsessed with this rapper called Lil Wayne. Still am, to be honest. But I was just really loved this this rapper. And you couldn't go into like IKEA and get a Lil Wayne print or painting or whatever. They just didn't exist. Like so, I thought, and I love my art. So I thought I'll do my own. Did my own, and that was when that coincided with Facebook starting. So sort of for the first time, really, you could share a picture. And, you know, loads of people see it. So, you know, a few hundred people, like, from school or college, whatever it might have been, and thought nothing of it. And it got loads of attention, like, oh, that's really good. And I was, like, buzzing. I was like, oh, my God, I've done this painting. People really like it. And then got a, a message saying, would you sell it? Oh, my God. So I was running around the house screaming, <laughs> Mom, someone wants to buy like, And then sold it for, I'm going to say, £15. Pounds. 15 pounds and then I thought I've made it I'm an artist like no one can talk no one talk to me I'm an artist unreal I remember the feeling I remember it put it in my mum's Clio delivered it and thought this oh, is it now yeah that is brilliant yeah, and yeah. so do you think that was the moment that you thought I can be an artist 100% yeah 100% I had 15 pound in my hand and like I just thought oh my it weren't the you know the amount of money didn't matter I just thought someone's giving me their money and and took this painting and like I just couldn't believe it I always remember that I'll always remember that that defining but, moment yeah like proper magical because you told you told me that a lot of people had said to you as you're growing up teachers and people around yeah. you know don't be daft you can't be an artist yeah, that's, that's not a job yeah. so that was kind yeah. of ingrained in you in a way but you still yeah. you still had the confidence and that belief at 15 yeah. or whatever I think it was more like not a it wasn't like a personal attack on me you know like you hear these stories of oh I was always told I wasn't going to be anything. It, it was never that. It wasn't like a you specifically. It was just it didn't it didn't exist unless you were like you know you you followed a certain route. So like college, uni, art school, like doing all this stuff. And I thought I've just sold a painting. 
I am an artist. Like I just am one. What if I'm not an artist? Like what am I? And people didn't have an answer for that. They were like, can't really argue. But doing it as a career didn't seem like didn't seem an option. And I thought it just is. It just is an option. And I had murders with people. Like I'm, there was saying before before we started. Like there was one time where we were on holiday in France. And just the holiday was just ruined because early on we had this daft argument about. It, it was this, the summer, you know, where you transition from, like, high school to college. And I was like, I'm not sure about college. Like, I just want to do my art. They were like, no, you've got, you've got to do, you know, you've got to do your college and your, your uni and that. And I was like, you don't? Anyway, we had this big argument. And that was really, in the early stages of, like, my career, a real, like, fuel for, for the fire kind of thing. So it was good. And I won that argument, so I was like, well, <laughs> <laughs> So yeah. what you're saying is then um, that you really backed yourself, that you believed in that at an early age. A lot yeah. of people have needed so, other yeah. people to support them. I'd, I'd like to think yeah. that I did. Yeah, I did back myself, um, which, of course, you have to do, really. And the fact that there weren't many people on board with it give me that, you know, like when you... I was almost, like, stubborn. I was like, nah, I'm going to do it now. There's no, When someone tells you no, you've got that extra, like that yeah. extra reason aren't you to like really go for it so it was good it'd have been i'd have rather it been like that than if everyone had been like yeah you're going to be in that because then it, you get comfy and you probably don't have that fire in your belly so it was a good thing definitely so that point you just made then one of my favorite quotes of yours is the com- comfort zone is a beautiful place but yes. nothing nothing ever grows there yes, 100%. i love that yeah, when i read yeah. that and so yeah, that's yeah. really where you've been yeah. i suppose is that what inspired you to is that something you carried with you throughout yeah, your life yeah, yeah. definitely yeah. um even like that doesn't have to be a massive achievement you know like whatever it might be like setting up a multi-million pound business in six months but it can just be the difference when it's when it's like 6am and I need to wake up and start work and I can't really be bothered, it can just be that little thing that I think, come on, let's get up and start. And it's it's not like groundbreaking stuff, but it just helps me with probably, you know, the small things really. And then if you can get them sort of nailed down, then you can move on to the bigger things. And before you know it, you're just in you've just got good like morals and good habits that you implement into your work and I, I think it's a really I love it I'll, I'll never like not like it <laughs> I love it yeah, and I think you're good. right it's a lot of people think it's the big things or the people yeah, ask no. you where do you get your big break but it's yeah, small no. things that you've oh, done the t- on a daily 100%, basis yeah. the, sm- the small things yeah. like yeah just just things like so you know I have this printer in my house where I do my, my prints from and just keeping that clean and like stocked up with ink and this isn't groundbreaking stuff but it just puts me it makes tomorrow easier you know if today I just have that extra half hour at the end of the day just check the printer's running check this paper and if there's not you know ring the supplier and it's it, honestly I keep saying it but it's dead simple but it just gives you that small like advantage and that's it just makes your life so much easier which is what everyone wants isn't it like really so would you say that you're a disciplined person yeah 100%, 100%. Mm. I can tell that from some of your social medias like when your room's tidy would. and not yeah, it yeah. like yeah but yeah. it makes you feel ready for business yeah well yeah. I was grow- I grew up with my dad telling me tidy ship tidy mind which I'm sure a lot of people were but it, it really stuck with me and you know just like even if it's mental clarity like your environment being tidy and things like that it just makes everything 10 times easier and um so that yeah that sort of those kind of quotes they 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 do help really very much so and i think as a creative person as well you're not in a say a corporate environment where you've got Mm. those structures in place so it is really important isn't it to create that for yourself yeah definitely yeah i've not actually thought of it like that but you're right yeah yeah My son's listening to this podcast. <laughs> tidy oh. house, was it? Tidy shit, tidy mind. Yeah, I'll tell you, when we go off, I'll, oh, I'll write it down for you. Right, yeah. we need that one. That's, <laughs> so while we're on this, so Alex is obviously here um, with some of the team listening and, right. te- and filming the podcast. And, and it, you first came across my radar in 2014, was it? Oh. Is that right? When... Um, he insisted that the best thing he'd ever seen in his life was your, um, uh, is the oh, Air Max. Oh. Is it the Air Max the trainer, the flowery trainer? Oh, flowers, yeah. So I managed to hunt it down. I got 62 <laughs> of 100 and it is still in the room that used to be his bedroom now. Oh, so, wow. yeah. Um, wow. So that's inspirational. Yeah, he, wow. that's and long he, time ago. He was an artist. He was a good artist at school. He just did. He got into PlayStation and stuff. Oh, unfortunately, no, yeah. though. Flipping so what you could have been, Alex, you know. Ten years too late with his podcast. <laughs> I'm going to sort him out. Yeah. <laughs> 
So how would you describe your style? Oh, uh, versatile. Very versatile. Just think, I think a good thing to do as an artist is not have a style, to be fair. I know you, you'll have your, your strengths and stuff, um, whether it's you know good with picking colours or uh, whatever it might be. Um, but to nail it down to one style, I think is you're sort of limiting yourself because one I'll have I go through like different moods where I might be doing portraiture at the minute I'm like obsessed with text work so I'm doing these 3D pieces that people seem to really like um, so yeah just sort of ebbs and flows but certainly I'm going to say explosive I like to oh, do like quite that. quite make quite an impact in my work so you'll rarely see me do you know like small stuff yeah. I love artists that do do that absolutely but for me it's big bold like Sort of like I don't know, maybe a bit flashy sometimes, kind of stuff. But it's what I it's what I like. So, and do you like? Do you just have a moment where you just think, right? I'm feel crazy now. I'm going to start. Yeah. Do you do that, or does it just you go like you're at the shops and you think mm. I'm going to go and paint? Well, I do. I sort of have two sides to my job. So there's the side that's dealing with like business, so orders, and you know it might be an interview, it might be like um, you know just the black and white side of it, where so that's separate and that's where I'm up at six and I'm very like implemented with a good routine and things like that then there's the creative side which is messy so I'm like I wake up I'm dead straightforward know what I'm doing gets to about two o'clock that's when it's like all over the place what are you going to do and it, a lot of times it'll be in the evening I might be watching a film hear a quote hear something on like a song so it's just everyday life where that sort of happens and, you know in the car driving home loads of times I'll hear like a lyric and I think wow like that would be incredible as just a single take it out of the song put it as a quote um, you know see a picture in town when you're shopping just anything like that and that's just life happening kind of thing you can't dedicate a, from two till six to that it just doesn't work so yeah just look, sort of living living life is where the, the inspiration comes in so I have the black and white side you've got to be really strict with yourself then the big colourful mad side which is where you've really got to be the opposite you've just got to enjoy yourself so and where do you in terms of obviously you've got you're using art as is your business so yes. do you ever have doubts about your creativity or, oh yeah, yeah. massive <laughs> Ma I, so you know what so up until I'm going to say two years ago it was a massive problem for me this so every once a year for this for about six weeks I would not be able to come up with anything. This is every year, you know, no matter what, six, about six weeks, maybe two months, I couldn't think of anything. And every year, it freaked me out. I was like, it's this art thing's done, like completely done, can't do it, don't want to do it, I need to, you know. And then I thought, there's, there's, there's a pattern happening here. It's not happen it doesn't happen at the same time every year, but I'm like, there's a pattern. So now I'm able to, but this is why it's good, you know, having experience within a certain sort of career because now I'm like, calm down, this happens every year. When it happens, rather than beating myself up and getting stressed, now I just allow myself to stay calm, you know, go and do something else, take your mind off art for a bit, which is obviously a real privilege um, and I'm grateful for that, but and it happens every year, and now I'm able to, you know, like I said, stay calm, and it passes, absolutely passes, and I find that when it does pass, I have loads of ideas, and then, well, then I've got another 10 months worth of ideas, and then it happens again, yeah, so it's like, it's um, definitely not a smooth run, it's, it's um, yeah. Mm, but you've recognised that rather than that being yeah. a blockage, it's part of your creative process, yeah, it's yeah. what's kind of honour it in a way. Yeah, it's, it happens, there isn't, so I saw a quote that said, a flower can't bloom all year round, and so when it's all very well, when you when work's going really well, and you know, you're getting attention here, there and everywhere, and you're doing exciting things, with that comes the days where no one wants to know, like your phone's not ringing, you're getting no emails, no inquiries. You've got there the times where you've got to stay calm. In, and I said the other day in one of my posts that you can't confuse peace with boredom. So when that's happening, make sure your environment's clean, like we were saying. Try and stay peaceful, watch some films, listen to music, do nice things with your friends, because it will pass. And then when it passes, when it passes, just be ready to go again.
and um, yeah, but that that happen. That's any. I think that's probably any job. Yeah. Any there's not a job in the world where someone can enjoy it. 365 days a year it's not realistic no but I think as a creative person whether yeah. you're like a, a singer a songwriter yeah. artist um, there's a lot of pressure on to be creative all the time isn't yeah, there yeah all and the time a lot of people I know that you said that you thought lockdown one was the best time ever yes. but a lot of people who yeah, are creative were like why aren't you being creative why not producing yeah. loads of stuff mm. so how was it for you though you got through that in a I, lockdown was inc- I loved <laughs> lockdown I, I just thought it was and, and I'm not saying that I'm saying that absolutely like from a personal level because it was for some people health mm. and you know there's no I'm not trying to trying to say oh look at me I loved lockdown but just I was able to create with no distractions um, you know there's nothing going on so for me it was a perfect environment and and this is really selfish but people were just a lot of people were in the house doing their houses up yeah so they needed artists so I was kind of like hi you know that, that kind of thing so it worked for me lockdown but was equally glad to see the end of it because people were struggling so yeah it was um but yeah no it was okay for me which I'm thankful for and so can you remember one point at which you thought obviously I know you sold um the pitch on eBay but was there a moment where you got a big order or something you thought like a pinch yourself moment yeah um I've spoke about this, but the, obviously when Floyd Mayweather came in, I was like, what's going on here? I just didn't know what was going on. Up until that point, I'd been doing pictures for people like off Corrie and stuff. And that was like massive for me, you know, because these were like local. There were celebrities, but they were local. So you could get to them kind of thing. This boxer from America comes in, you know, could have anything in the world he wanted singled me out got in touch and I was like to be honest I was a bit cocky after that <laughs> right around my friends and that down the pub I was like have you sold a picture to Mayweather no have you no like you know just being horrible not not like too bad but I was like I thought I'd smashed that and that was it it was every other job after that was going to be like a Floyd Mayweather and it wasn't you know I soon got humble well I did Mayweather did Bieber throw that in did Bieber and then after that I thought who's next like and then it was like Phil from down the road but his nan painting I was like alright back to normal then <laughs> you know what I mean so keep it real yeah yeah which was humbling at the time but it was good like it was it, it teaches you to that in in the art game let's say you're gonna one minute be dealing with the big whoever's but you really need to keep your feet on the ground because your bread and butter is coming from you know normal people who are sort of supporting you with buying prints and sharing your work so but never ever put them to the side because these come and go these the big ones come and go these are here around you you, you live around them you with these people all the time these friends and they're what keep you absolutely going so it would have been a mistake to be completely like <laughs> you know on a on another planet for for too long but no it was good it was good that that time so you're saying that um, that those people around you there, your community, so even yes, though you've that got that international yeah. reputation, yeah, yeah. there's still that kind of yeah. stalwart of... You have to, yeah, the, the, like, you know, the people sort of who are everyday supporting you. Like, Floyd Mayweather's not ringing you every day saying, how are you doing? You know, love, love to see your, your new bill, but that, it's just not. Whereas the people that you're around all the time are so... They're the people, they're the ones. If I had to pick between the two, it'd always be, you know, the, the people who I'm sort of round every day and that. They're the best people. Was it Phil's now? <laughs> <laughs> who would you like to have a dream commission for you then, would you say? It's in person to meet and all that. Like the whole shebang. Yeah. Alive. Alive. That helps. <laughs> yeah. Kind of old, no, yeah. well, give me one of, one of both then. One of each, alive and dead. Dead would be, oh, this is a hard question. I wish I'd like research this. Alive would be Kanye West, I think. He's just, yeah, I just think he's incredible. He's just so fascinating. I'd love to listen to what he thought about the work and stuff. He'd probably think he was rubbish. To be um, <laughs> can you not get to him somehow? Through anyone can be got now. at. That's yeah, exactly. one thing I'll say, anyone yeah. can be got at. So yeah, definitely. I'm sure there was something close with Kanye West. Yeah, yeah, he was staying in town. And there was like a little, there was a tiny window. Literally, someone was working in this hotel. He was like, I think it was the Midland. 
they were like, can you get in 45 minutes with a painting of Kanye West? He's here. I saw it. I was like, I'm not even at home. Like, no, I don't <laughs> oh, have one of him. opportunity. So I was like, what? <laughs> that didn't happen. That happens a lot, actually. To answer, it would be Kanye West or David Jason. <laughs> right, well, you couldn't have two 100%. more different people no. there, could you? We no. can probably get to them both, I reckon. Might not have long left, David <laughs> Jason, to be honest. <laughs> oh, quick then. And what about somebody who's not alive that you admire? John Lennon would have been nice. Yeah. John Lennon, yeah. His song Imagine holds like a special place in my heart. So I'm going to say John That's Lennon. That's nice. Yeah. And who would you like to paint you? Paint me? Mm. Oh my word. <laughs> wow. Paint me. That's a great question. I'm going to say, we've been talking recently about this artist called Daniel Arsham, who's incredible. He's a sculptor. And, but he, he also paints and he like makes things look really derelict. So he'll have like a per, this pristine like statue and then it's, he just puts a massive crack in oh, it wow. and fills it with like, um, fills it with like, you know, gem, like gemstones yeah. and things like that. He's incredible. So Daniel Arsham. Or like obviously a massive Banksy of me on the side of like Old Trafford would be decent, <laughs> wouldn't it? <laughs> Not sure we can arrange that one, but. Yes, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> And so tell us about the Adidas sponsorship. How did that yeah. come about? So that was through um, a rapper called Retfree 2 who I'd been in sort of back and forth with. I painted him actually. Um, this, is, uh, this is early, like, this is when I, I was probably 18. And we were back and forth. Um, and he'd got a deal with Adidas. And it, there was a campaign that came up. I can't remember what it was about. But they needed like an artist, like an up and coming visual artist. And he said, well, I'd, I've been, you know, speaking with this guy. He'd be perfect. So I met in Stockport, actually, most glamorous of places. <laughs> but I met in Stockport with um, Adidas and they were, this, you know, I'd had this love of trainers and clothes and things like that. And, um, you know, they met and they liked me and things like that. And then at the end, they said, like, what's your address? So I was like, oh, just gave him my address, whatever. Next day, knock at the door. It was like, who did the hues now? APC, some overnight hot like courier thing. Van opened. So imagine like two men, like doors fling, fling open back of a van. One box comes in. So I'm like, I don't know what that is. Another one. I'm like, oh my God. Like, it's as if a wardrobe was being delivered that I had to put up myself. Third, fourth, fifth, sixth. Like, boxes were just coming in the house. Like, it, it won't stop him. Didn't know what it was. I was like, please don't be like a load of paint and I have to paint something. You know, like, open it, shoe boxes. I was, I was just like, no, no, no. Another one, tracksuits. Another one, T-shirts, hats. And before you know it, like, I felt like David Beckham. You know, like, it's just Adidas everywhere. So I'm on Instagram, like, just crazy. And then they're like, Dave, oh, love meeting you. Welcome to the team. So I'm like, welcome to... I've still got it. I've still got this thing, right? I've got the lanyard award when we met at the Stockport HQ. I've got the letter and I've got like just a few bits and pieces and it was like, wow. So then I'm on the phone like, welcome to the team. They're like, yeah, we want to, you know, work exclusively with you. Here's the deals, whatever. And I was like, oh my God. I thought I'd made it with the Mayweather thing and then the Adidas thing. I was like, I have made it. I am the biggest eyes in the world to swear down couldn't believe it it was just like in a full adidas tracksuit just Down like the pub both yeah just everywhere i went like, in the end i was like getting hammered oh it is so but it was good a good time that and yeah. how much of a game changer was that for you massive because you were just for one for one it was i was able to make myself look like really presentable with my artwork and stuff which has been like quite a common theme in what i do so i was in like the latest adidas trainers um, and they were having a real moment at this time. Like Adidas was massive, obviously huge, but at the time it was just completely dominant. So I had the new tracksuit on, you know, the, all the collabs with whoever, and it just really helped me look look the part. And then I was getting invited to events with these big rappers and footballers. You know, um, United had just signed with Adidas, and that that worked perfectly. Like. I done. I was doing my bits with them. They signed. So then every other week, come to Old Trafford. We've got this shirt unveiling. Come to you know the game. Come here. That you know, we got invited to play on Old Trafford. We got invited to play at the training ground with the players. 
that was they ended up bringing the reserves actually so I was wounded but <laughs> like it was still amazing um, and yeah I just couldn't believe it and I was you know being able to ring my dad and say um, he lives in France but you know saying when you come over I'll take you to Old Trafford don't worry like it's boxed off and that it just I was just buzzing like all the time just special times really good at that yeah. point when those people had told you you couldn't be an artist. Oh, my God. I just wanted to go to, like, college in this full Adidas tracksuit and be like, but no. Obviously, I've never done that. But, yeah, really good. Um, you've used your art as a platform to raise money and to raise yes. awareness for different things. Um, so let's talk about the work you've done for Calm. Yes. Um, which is campaign against living miserably. Yeah, that's right. Um, which has had quite a bit of kind of um, raised awareness recently, hasn't it? Tell me why you got involved with that. Um, so I think a lot of people know this, but some may not. But I actually lost my brother to suicide. Um, so naturally, any charity, you know, trying to tackle mental health, not just within men, but, you know, women as well. Um I'm going to be completely like drawn towards um, and just in general like working with them they're just really good people you know um, completely pure people um, and without them it, it'd be a real mess you know I know it's, it's there's a big thing around mental health and it's um, it's it's huge at the moment in particular because people are now speaking about it but it's charities like Calm that are providing that platform 100%. So anything I can do, to, and I mean anything I can do to get involved with raising a bit of money for them or, you know, even just sharing what they're doing, whatever, I'm on board 100%, yeah. And has your work with them given you a different perspective on life generally and, and perhaps empathy in terms of what other people are? Yeah, I think, I think when you're working with a charity that sort of specialise in that kind of thing, your eyes are just open to the fact that there's people who are really struggling, like, um, and yeah, certainly the the empathy side of it is something that you know is important to to have empathy is is a real good quality, and you know, working with them has certainly softened me up on that side. Mm. I think, yeah. And do you think it's important? Um for us or an artist to use a platform to raise awareness and to you know, to use that you know profile I suppose to help move things on yeah I think anyone with some kind of profile or you know um yeah like a platform where people are regularly viewing what you you're up to if you can use that to spread some some good whether it's a mental health charity or you know an animal shelter just anything that's trying to better the world why not why not do that like and um people should do that more as well and you find that when you do do that other people are really you know want to help yeah. and and people are on board with it and um that's what i found anyway you know you're never going to try and help and get criticized and, and so it's it's sort of like you should definitely you should definitely use these platforms to help people 100% People that I know who've gone through difficult times have, have said that when they've actually felt, um, possibly they felt isolated in a certain way, and a lot in COVID as well, yeah. um, that by going out and helping others, it's made them feel yeah. a sense of purpose and more yeah, involved. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It does. It, that, that's a, a certainly a natural um, side effect of helping people. Mm. You're actually helping yourself because it, it, really, it really is. Um, trying to think how to word this like you like you sort of said in the question helping others really allows you to feel like yeah I'm doing some good here and that that helps you 100% so of course the priority is help people for them yeah but the return of that is you'll feel you will feel good and you'll feel um, certainly stronger I think yeah. if you if you can walk around with your chest out thinking I'm someone that helps people what a powerful feeling that is yeah yeah I agree I saw um a quote that you said it's about um small pockets of kindness are free and when someone feels the world is against them they can completely shift their state of yes. mind so yeah. I believe that yeah. yeah I think it can I know there's been times where I've been really down and 
you know, just someone in the street saying good morning or whatever it might be, that can just be the turning point where you think, oh, things aren't too bad, you know, and it can just give you that little boost that you need. You know, everyone's so in a rush and everyone's busy and everyone's like out to sort of almost get each other and if you can just find some manners and find, you know, just a little smile, it, put it this way, it's not going to do any harm, you know, it's not going to piss someone off, is it? Like, just being being sound, you know, you know, just the little things when everyone says, like when someone doesn't say thank you when they let them out in traffic, you know, it, it might not make someone feel amazing if you put your hand up, but it's definitely going to piss them off if you don't. <laughs> so just be a, just be a nice guy, like you know, just be a sound bloke. <laughs> it's no chore, is it really? No, I agree. And yeah. we can't not talk about trauma without talking about your own um, yes situation this summer. Yeah, a, a very sudden heart attack. Yes. So tell me about that. Yeah, I was woke up um, normal Saturday morning. What I thought was normal. Um, had a bit of heartburn thought it was heartburn and um i thought oh, I was like, had me rennies whatever tried back to sleep couldn't sleep it was re- then it was like getting a bit worse and i thought hmm this feels strange this it was and then it was like really hurting so i'm on the phone to my brother who's had a heart attack and he's like we need to go to hospital like this you can't mess around with this and yeah suffered like severe trauma to the heart yeah had a heart attack yeah and any reason for that? Was that is that just a lot of stress or what was the It was a concoction of things. So first of all, we believe it to be hereditary in our family. Um, my dad's actually adopted, so we couldn't go past him. So it was kind of frustrating really. We were like, Well what's on the other side of this of, of all this? But my brother, when he was um similar age to me, had a heart attack. And the chances of, of us sort of both having one, and he, he's like, you know, in a high-performing job where he, he does get stressed and things. I'm sure he wouldn't mind me saying that. And, you know, he was working hard in the gym at, at the same time. So he sort of had his. And then I was, you know, up at daft o'clock and then, you know, trying to do orders and I'm, you know, zipping around. And then off the back of that, not eating great, you know, flying in whatever every day and then going for a drink when I'm stressed. So these things came together, and on that morning, my heart had just said, I've had enough of this guy, I can't, I'm not doing this. Just bang, went grim. I can't imagine. Yeah, not good at all. Yeah. And what's it taught you now about how you need to readjust well, <laughs> my perspective? <laughs> I've tried to slow down, so the, when I first got out of hospital, I spent, I spent about just over a week in there, doing nothing mm. you know and was like this is oh, this is horrible but I was alright I was like you have to stay still got out of hospital I think about three days passed where I just sat on the sofa like I've been told doing nothing then I was like I'll just do like three prints <laughs> like three I'll just go up there and do three that turned into like 30 <laughs> then before you know it it's like it's 1am I'm up working I'm gonna have to go to bed and I, was, I had this sheet where I'm like recording what I'm doing, where you have to be honest on it. And then before I know it, it all went back out the window. And I, but I have to be working like, not this isn't relentless work where I'm doing like real tough manual labour, but I have to be doing something to, otherwise it was, it was getting to the point where being on the sofa was just worse for me. What I felt was worse for me. So now when I, when I do get a bit tired, I stop before it I wouldn't battle through anything don't care wouldn't listen to my body now I'll listen to my body so that's been the, the main difference I good think. yeah because I saw one of the, your mottos is we're here for a good time not a long yeah, time yeah but I so don't know where have I said that that's on social media that? yeah but it's somewhere I think that might have been when I was like partying well I was gonna say was like trying to justify that I was gonna I say is that's possibly yeah what, how you used to think, I think and that's probably got you to that point. Possibly, but now I think, when you think about it, we're actually here for, if you look after yourself, quite a long time. We are now. Really? Yeah. You know, yeah. you can't just be going out thinking that we're here for like four months and that's it. <laughs> got to look after yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, I'd probably retract that statement. The younger me would have loved that. <laughs> yeah, we're here for a good time. But now I'm like, you've got to be sensible at the time. <laughs> well, self-care and self-kindness 100%. are very important, yeah. aren't they? Um, I really feel that you're a values-driven person. A lot of the things that you post and, and the, yeah. then the kind of the words that, that make it into your artwork and yeah, how yeah. you speak today. So 
you know, how important has that been? I know I can feel that you're a, a person of integrity. Yeah, is it I'd important like to, think to so. you? Yeah, to yeah, it is really. Yeah, um, integrity I think is huge. Without it, what do you really have as a person? You know what I mean? I don't know. I think that's important. Having good morals, being a good person. Yeah, without that, what are we really, what are we doing? Everyone's just out to get each other, aren't they? So. And it feels like you've gone through some points in your career where you've had self-awareness, where you've realised that you were being over, overconfident or yeah, no, oh, yeah. backing yourself that too much. That happens like still. I but think I've overdone it there with that. But you, but, yeah, but you have that ability to, yeah, to bring yourself back down do. and recognise yeah, yeah. it and laugh yeah. about it in a way. And yeah. you should, when you're younger, you should think, you should strut around like I'm the guy. Yeah. In fact, do you know what? I, when this goes out, I don't know if it will have if I'll have shown anyone yet but I'm working on a painting for my own house for my own living room at the moment that literally says the best artist from Manchester since Laura <laughs> so I'm saying all this about I'm not that cocky and all that but I'm literally having that made by myself for my own living room so you've got to be an element of yeah. walk around with your chest out yeah. but not to the point where you're being horrible I'll, I'm by no I'm absolutely not the best artist since Lowry from Manchester, like, but I'm the best at being me, and that's that's sort of what I'm trying to say, really. And that's all you can do. Like, there's people who, you know, technically better at art than me, in the have more of a business head on the shoulders than me, you know, do bigger numbers than me, but just aren't me. And all you can do is like just be you, yeah. and then you'll be onto a winner, no doubt. You can't. That's that's the winning formula, hundred mm. percent. Yeah, and that's the integrity piece we're talking before about being yes. true to yourself. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, that's all you can do. Yeah, that's all I do do really. And then I can sleep at night knowing I'm sound here. You know. Yeah. And so, which one of the values on there? So I've been looking to you. So I said dinner. Like, there's one here. You'll have to swear on this. Yeah. So there's obviously one that says <laughs> no dickheads, which I love, but I don't want anyone out there to think that if we've ever done business, I think you're a dickhead. So I'll not pick that one. So don't worry. But this one about. Um, no integrity slippage. Do what you say you would do when you said you would do it the way you said you would do it. If you do those three things, absolutely gone clear. It's over. It's done. You. That's the winning formula. But the one they're above, all good. The, I like them all actually. The one above that's admit it, fix it, move on. Because I don't. You can't always have. You can't always yeah. be hundred percent, can you? So you have got to give yourself also some room to. Yeah. So you try and stick to this one with your integrity and you do what you say it doesn't always pan out like that when it doesn't that's when you've got to be able to step in and say I'm sorry it's not gone the way I thought it was going to go that's my fault so if you can you know take the blame for things that are in your control which is what you should do then that's that's what you have to do but if you follow the integrity one do what you say you would do when you said you'd do it the way you said you'd do it follow that you know as close as you can then yeah. that, I think you'll be alright with that pretty much yeah. got it going haven't you mm. so just some stuff on Manchester then right. um, you've been named as one of Manchester's most creative people yes um, which is amazing yeah, and you had your that. picture just like literally yeah. around the corner how, yeah. Yeah, how did you feel when like your face is up on the side of Manchester I was just like I'd do you know what, right? So I'll give you the honest answer. There's the, there's the podcast answer and there's the honest answer. The podcast answer is, I was, yeah, I was really like buzzing with that. I am one of the most creative people in Manchester. That's my answer. So I wasn't shocked. I was buzzing, but I wasn't shocked. And what did you make of the other people up there next to you? I think they're all brilliant. All, all the other 29 are brilliant. I'm number one, of course. But they're all really good. No, they are. They are. And they were, they were uh, the way they were selected was brilliant because there were people doing all sorts. It weren't just like 30 um, painters. It was like, you know, uh, musicians, like stylists, uh, photographers, um, people, you know, doing like clothing. There was just a, lot, a, a real broad um, selection of people, each of which absolutely deserved to be sort of on the list that they'd done, yeah. And... You know, obviously, we've got a reputation as a city for being full of creatives. Yes. You know, since year, yeah, yeah, haven't going we? Back, of course, yeah. You know, do you do you think you know what do you think of the city for young people who are coming through and want to have a creative future? It could be one of the best yeah. cities to be in the country. Could say world, will say world, but certainly in this country is is definite because you have similar op- opportunities as London, 
but when you do the work there's a brighter spotlight on you in Manchester because it's not as you know you, you can get like diluted out in London because um, it's this big place you know north south east west people doing things million mile an hour all the time all coming together Manchester you can focus on one thing and the city will recognise that, which is why it's important to do like these podcasts. The thing about the 30 people at that time, um, most creative people, those things are happening in Manchester and it's brilliant for that. It's like, it's just so good. And if they do another one in two years, you know, I don't want to be on it. There should be a new, someone new's come along and they absolutely will. Some of the artists from Manchester are just unbelievable. And it'll constantly go on and then they'll move on and another you know wave comes through and it's without manchester i don't think i would be who i am and where i am today i can say that quite confidently yeah mm. i was yeah. going to ask you that so you feel yeah. it's been fundamental to yeah who you are today. the chance came up a few years i say a few years ago eight years ago to move to london where everyone i spoke to thought you need to move to london you know like a light bulb had gone off you need to move to i thought Manchester looks after me like absolutely I'm staying here and if I'd have gone there I'm not sure I could say I'd be doing what I'm doing now whereas I stayed in Manchester you know completely inspired by Manchester love obviously United it's just everything's here what I need to be the best sort of version of me and I'm never I'm just not leaving <laughs> I'm just not leaving not oh, at the I'm moment glad to hear it yeah um and obviously in terms of um legacy I mean already you're creating that legacy now but looking forward into many years time because you're here for a long time yes, not just you're here for time. a long time and a good time why can't we both <laughs> what would you want to be remembered for um two answers again the first is my art but then the second which is important to me is being a good person you know some people are really remembered as that was a good person i know like um, like I never knew my dad's dad but he just when he speaks about him he, you know he's not with us anymore but he just only speaks about him as he was a good person with good morals you know and I just it's that just sticks with me and I think what a lovely thing to be remembered as you know all these material things and places you go and things you do people aren't talking about that people remember a good person even if you're still alive like you could leave a room, someone go, he was a sound lad, wasn't he? That's just, I think it's all about that. So I'm going to go with, my answer is being a good person. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I've made me feel quite emotional that. <laughs> <laughs> so, quick fire Manchester own. Right. Which Mancunian would you like to paint? That I haven't already. I'm, it'd be good to paint, Liam Gallagher's good, isn't he? I love watching Liam Gallagher. He's, even to this day, he's just like, he's just fascinated. Liam Gallagher. Can you get in? <laughs> Can yes. You get to him? Like, 100%. <laughs> and yeah. which up-and-coming Greater Mancunian creatives have you got your eye on? There's loads. There's a girl, Riona uh, Bethello. She's, I look at her work. This doesn't happen often. And I think I am shit at art. <laughs> That's what, I look at her work and I think, wow, I am bobbins. She's incredible. Her latest one is, back of a car window with a, the windows all condensated and like you know when you write a word in it and she's wrote like a word in it might be love yeah. but completely looks like a photograph wow. and it's and then all of her things are like you know it might be like a beautiful sunset or you know um just just anything that you'd think as a, a memory as like a so her paintings are like really nostalgic what do you order at the chippy two scallops on a balm Salt and vinegar, and a fish. And oh a my god! Real, kind of real. <laughs> kind of real. Yeah. So, do you get is the fish on the barn with the scallops no. or separate on the side? Everything's separate, which is obviously bad for the amount of paper they give you. It's like <laughs> unbelievable. It takes me half an hour to get into it. Yeah, like my barn, and then loads of salt and vinegar, and then just me, just the just like a fish on its own. So bad. Need to change my order, I think. <laughs> no, I've said it out loud. A fish on the side. It's a fish. Pick it up with my hands. It's so grim. <laughs> Not only people what? talk about scallops, but that is, oh. to me, that was what we used to eat on the way home from the chippy before we could have so our good. chippy tea. Big surface area of like <laughs> yeah. crispy batter. Yolk. <laughs> um, if Manchester was a trainer, what yeah. would it be and why? It'd be 
it'd be could be an Adidas Gazelle. Uh, it could Adidas Gazelle. <laughs> Why? Just like obviously the Adidas cult going through like the eighties and nineties, but then just dads on like playing five aside in in that, and then going to like a family barbecue in it. Like that's just what I grew up on, you know. Like wear wear your Adidas gazelles no matter what's going on, like, <laughs> and the world will be okay. <laughs> like literally, it'd be fine. So I'd say that. Um, and um, could you paint a picture of Manchester for me in three words? Oh my word! Strong, courageous, talented. Love it. Thank you. Yes. So, lastly, what would you say to that young student that is in one of the high schools in Manchester that is sitting there in a room on their own with a, with a burning desire to be an artist but doesn't know how to do it? I'd say don't listen to anyone apart from yourself. Not even me. <laughs> listen to yourself and do what you think you need to do. But you can do art as a career. And what, how did you find an artist? You said to me before, if you can... If you can paint something and sell it, make something and sell it, you're an artist. If you can paint something and someone will give you even one pound for it, you are an artist. <laughs> Simple as that. No, anyone tell you not because you are. I'm telling you are. <laughs> the best artist in Manchester is telling you are. <laughs> Since Lowry. Since Lowry. <laughs> Thanks so much for joining me. No problem. I've absolutely loved it. Yes, um, and I really think that your story is one that helps people to understand that anything's possible. So. Yeah. Last quote I'm going to say is that I absolutely love is um, the loudest person in the room is yes. the weakest person in the room. Yeah. And I want to thank you for demonstrating the power of the quietest person in the room. Oh, lovely. Amazing. Wow, that's lovely of you. Oh, wow. <laughs> thank thanks for helping us to build this city. Yes. <laughs> thanks, David. Thank you. Dave O'Howarth built this city by always topping up the ink in his printer, by always picking Phil's Nan over Floyd Mayweather, and by being here for a long time and a good time. On the next episode of We Built This City, you'll hear from Maria Turner, who's been at Roland Dransfield for 10 years since the day after she graduated from university. That episode will be available on the 27th of October. If you want to find out more about how Roland Dransfield can help you drive your values and create relationships that build your business success, then head over to rdpr.co.uk. Or you can find us on Instagram at Roland Dransfield or Twitter at RDPR Tweets. Or feel free to give us a call at the office on the same number we've had for 26 years on 0161 236 1122. In the meantime, don't forget to rate, review and follow We Built This City. Thank you. Thank you.